Welcome back. We are live, pal. This is, I think this is going to be a little bit of an explosive edition of We're Live, pal. I received text over the weekend from my co-host, who I'm going to introduce here in a second. (laughs) And this guy, Andrew Zarian, I, I don't know if I've ever heard him say a bad word about anybody. He's a pretty positive guy, but he had some negative thoughts on this AEW pay-per-view uh, that I was at live. So we're going to save that because we're going to talk about Night of Champions first. So we're going to tease that a little bit. you got to stick around if you want to hear Andrew Zarian go off on AEW, double or nothing. Uh, but as, uh, as the great American philosopher Arsenio Hall once said, let's get busy. Andrew Zarian, what is up, my friend? The what man, you, you know, I was going to come on and say how much I love the show, but now I guess I can't. <laughs> I saw those texts. I got the receipts. Dude, you know, no, we're going to talk about it for sure, because uh, I I'm always positive. I love wrestling. I'm always I, I tend to I tend to dwell on the positive. Uh, I had a whole conversation with Lance over the weekend. We were texting back and forth, and that's exactly what we were talking about. I was ranting and raving to him, and uh, he agreed with a lot of what I said. Yeah. Yeah, Lance, you know, Lance is uh, comes from an older school of professional wrestling where fundamentals r- really mattered. And I think uh, some of the stuff that he, he sees doesn't really r- uh, reach the logic portion of his brain. He's a very logical, smart person. But very. look, I mean, you know, pro wrestling is, is for everyone, as, as we say, right? You have so many different styles, so many different shapes, so many different colors, and everybody can kind of latch on. And I will say... While I am hearing a lot of negative response from people who watched the show, those of us who watched live, you know, there was some negativity. Like, I I didn't like everything either. Um, But generally, you know, AEW fans enjoy the AEW live experience. So that made it fun. And I also share some stories because my wife went and she's never been to a wrestling show before. So of all the shows for her to go to, her very first wrestling show featured um, Thumbtacks and the Feet. Uh, featured um, a, a chain wrapped around the knee. Um, what else did it feature? A man jumping off of a 20-foot ladder through a table. So she got her fill of, of professional wrestling this weekend. But again, that that's the tease. That's a tease because let's talk about Night of Champions, which I believe you liked a lot better than Double or Nothing. And, In you know, certain ways, yeah. Certain elements. Let, let's hit the, the, the top three things here. Uh, Seth Rollins is the new world champion. He's got the new consolation <coughs> consolation belt. He beat AJ Styles. I think pretty predictable. Predictably, also a, a really good professional wrestling match. Uh, what did you think about the whole presentation, which also spilled over to Raw, in in which a, AJ Styles came out to congratulate him, and then they just became a tag team of some sort. Yeah, isn't it? Aren't they on two separate rosters? <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> isn't that? I don't know. Uh, I I thought it was a very well put together show. You know, it. it I, di- I did a poll, you know, and I did the same poll for AEW without without putting any of my opinion on it. And I said, hey, did you enjoy the show? Yeah. It, fascinatingly, it was it was nearly identical to polls. Hmm. Uh, it was like 70 something percent like the show, 20 something percent didn't like the show. Uh, which, you know, it makes sense. You know, I think like a thousand people took the poll or almost a thousand people took the poll. Um, I always find it interesting what people like and what they don't like. And when you ask people like, hey, what didn't you like? 
you know, for, for the Saudi show, we obviously got a lot of that, that it's in Saudi Arabia and they don't support the regime and it's a propaganda show. And I totally understand if, if that is how you see it, that is how you see it. And I get it. Unfortunately, I can't see it that way because I have to cover this. And if I go in there with this biased opinion of the show, doesn't matter. And I'm not stating how I feel about them going there, right? I'm just looking at it as a performance and the wrestlers and what's happening in the ring. I very much enjoyed the show. I thought I thought they did a great job in making it feel like it's a big deal. Uh, they opened up with a world title match. Uh, every match was fine. Uh, I know that Natty, you know, there was a little criticism about Natty getting squashed in seconds, but uh, I was fine with it. I think they got the story over that this, you know, Rhea's a big star. And then you had that fantastic ending. Now, would I call it cinema? I don't know. It depends on how you, <laughs> what, how, what your, I thought it was, it was great. I, I, it was so good. I, I watched, I watched both shows twice. So I, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of, how? I know. <laughs> Well, I had a great afternoon on Sunday. That's how <laughs> I, I sat there in my yard, with my iPad. I put on my AirPods and I just laid out and I just watched wrestling. It was fantastic. Um, there you go. I I would say that I like the big field presentation of the show for WWE. Yeah. Obviously, they're in a giant stadium. Uh, and then I'll and then I'll talk about my criticism of the AEW show. But. I thought I thought they did a good job. The Brock match told a great story. The main event was fantastic. Uh, the title match was really good. Uh, I, I didn't see as many negatives as some people did with the show with Night of Champions. Uh, we're gonna butt heads a little bit on this Cody and Brock thing because I didn't yeah, really me. like. I didn't like the storyline heading into this match, but I'll, I'll tell the listeners a little bit of uh, a little bit of story from Vegas. So the idea was that. On uh, Saturday morning, Dave and Brian will do their meet and greet and their Q&A. The Q&A was actually really good. Some really good questions. And then from the meet and greet, then we were going to go off to the Cosmo, which is where uh, the sweet party was. And, and we we're going to watch the, uh, the WWE show. And I was only going to sort of hang out until because I said my wife went, you know, she had some stuff going on. She had spa day. And, and then when she was done, I was going to be like, OK, guys, I'm, I'm piecing out because then we were going to go to dinner after. So, yeah, anyway, the, the suite's not ready. So we're hanging out and we have to get lunch for, you know, we're just waiting, waiting, waiting. And I could just see Dave just chomping at the bit. He's like, I really need to watch this show because, you know, like people are expecting his opinion on things like immediately. Yeah, and plus he's, you know, we're doing stuff that weekend. He knows that he's his significant other was there. So they're going to have to get dinner. And I could just see him like going like, man, I hope this room is ready soon because you know, there's three and a half hours ahead of me. And then I got to record with Brian and then we got to go to dinner. Like he's just like counting out his day. So we did finally get in there. Uh, my buddy, Jeremy Feinstone hooked up, the uh, the Amazon stick to the TV, and we sat there and we watched the show. Now I only saw half of it with them, and then I watched the rest of the half of it when when I got home. But the most interesting thing about it, I think, in watching it, you know, with very uh, educated people like Dave and Brian were there, Jeremy was there. I think Paul Fontaine had come later, maybe after I'd I'd left. But like you know, they're like quality opinions in this and. Like what it's such a different experience watching that kind of show with Dave and watching an AEW show kind of Dave because the AEW product is a little bit more high spot heavy. So yeah. when I'm watching those shows with Dave, you you hear the ooh, ooh, 
wow, like a lot of that. And when you're watching a WWE show, he almost really doesn't pop for anything. So I'm thinking like, oh, man, I wonder if he even likes what we're watching here. And then at the end of the day, he gives his review and he's like, oh, I thought it was a really good show, you know, and it's very positive. But it's just a different experience watching WWE with him because WWE is not super high spot heavy. They, you know, they're near fall heavy, but um, it's just a di- it's it's a different thing. So where I where I wanted to disagree with you, the Seth thing was fine. It was predictable to me. Yeah, we saw this was, coming, but it was a good match. You know, yeah, it was a good match. That's what it was there for. It was AJ and Seth were going to put in a good match. Here's my problem with the Cody thing. So I know a lot of people loved the go home promo with him or the go home segment with him and Triple H. And, you know, he's got this broken arm and uh, Brock, you know, he, he was the fighting baby face and goes and tries to attack Brock in the ring and he just gets his ass handed to him. All of those things are to keep Cody hot as the fighting baby face. I understand that. But I think this time they went a little too far because the storyline was he doesn't want to see a doctor because if he sees the doctor, then the doctor's going to tell him he can't wrestle. And then he saw a doctor. (laughs) I guess he saw the doctor and they just put like a neoprene sleeve on his arm and tried to tell us it was a titanium cast. (laughs) Yeah, it was a titanium cast. He had a titanium cast on. So the beginning of this... In a weird way, doesn't it feel like it's... Doesn't it feel like it's like very... Like the most basic of old school babyface things to do, you know. Like he's constantly beat up, he's constantly b- torn apart, and he, you know, he's some he overcomes it. But even if he doesn't, you still root for him. I get. I, I'm. I wasn't crazy about the broken arm. That uh, to me, I'm like. I think everybody's educated now, where they understand. That's the, that's, that's where I'm going with this. That's my problem you with can't it. Wrestle with a broken arm because the <laughs> audience, like Bob Orton. Now, now, some of this is, you know, we always have this conversation. What's the casual audience versus the hardcore audience? Where does it blur? Who knows? We, there's no number out there where someone raises their hand and says, I'm a casual audience person of WWE. I think you have to be a little bit smarter with this stuff because fans want to see through it if they're not 100% into it. And Cody yeah. starts this match where he's tucking his arm in a specific way and he's keeping it away from Brock and Brock is laughing at this dude. He's just laughing like, Oh, your arm is a target. And I, once I get a hand of this thing, I'm going to eat it. Like that's what Brock was looking at. So the first offensive move by Cody is he hits Brock with this neoprene sleeve. Like that's the first move that he does. And I'm just like, Aren't we aren't we trying to protect this arm so that it doesn't get hurt? Is he playing possum? Because if he was and the arm's not hurt as much as we thought it was, that's not what the announcers were saying. So I was frustrated by that whole thing. Um, I was frustrated by him hanging out in the Kimura with the broken arm for as long as he did. Uh, this reminded me very much of Triple H from WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar, though Triple H actually won that match and, and Cody did not win this match. So I was really frustrated with the psychology and the believability of this angle. And then if you fast forward to Monday, I didn't like Cody's promo either. He's like, I didn't tap and you're afraid of me. And I'm like, he sure didn't look afraid of you in that ring on on yeah. Saturday, buddy. So I'm not sure what what you saw versus what I saw. So you know, my whole worry about this Cody thing was that 
I just hope it doesn't jump the shark before we get to where we want to get to. And I don't think it has. But just small things like this just kind of make me wonder if they can hold it off for as long as I hope that they can hold it off because he's such a tremendous character and he's so hot right now. But this is the first thing, I think, in, in WWE that I have not really loved from Cody. So I hope it, that it is, you know, I hope they get back on track, at least for me and, and for what I like about, about wrestling uh, as a fan. I want to see I want to see them do more creative, more believable stuff. Yeah, I, I, I want to see him in, in, in a more dominating position rather than, you know, just like uh, a guy that's constantly hurt and damaged and trying to, you know, get his get get way his way back to the top. You know, it seems like that's been the story. But, you know, I'm curious where they go with with Cody and Brock now, because obviously they're still continuing this. And if we're not taking this injury very seriously and the believability of it, then they can probably run. Uh, money in the bank, and they can do it then. It's not like mm-hmm. you know we were. He's supposed to sell this injury. He sure didn't really sell it on Monday. He's just like, hey, I'm here. Here's my arm. So maybe they do run it back in, in Money in the Bank, and we get the third match because it looks like they're building to that. If they push it off until SummerSlam, then that means the Cody and Roman thing is going to be pushed off for quite a while, and maybe that's a good thing. We'll get to this in a second, but Roman has his hands full as well, right? Yeah, um, uh, it, it's who's who's the challenger for Roman? Whatever Roman's title is at this point, I I I'm, I say this every week. I don't understand why he has two titles. Uh, he's a universal champion, right? That's what he is. Yes. So I I mean he has two titles. He's you know he's about to break CM Punk's record for WWE Heavyweight Champion. I saw um. I thought I saw a poster or a graphic of his thousand days and where it was in comparison to everybody else. I thought only Hogan was ahead of him left. No, no, no. Um, remember the WWE, he has not had held the WWE title for a thousand days. Oh, okay. Interesting. The the universal and the WWE together, together, you know, uh, I think it's like 400 something days. He's had the WWE title, which is over a year, but are they going to make that into a presentation? I guess not, right? You, why are you going to talk about that? He's already hit a thousand. It's but all it's I, I confusing find that when thing you put those wacky. belts together. I think, yeah, I think it's yeah. Just too and guess what? The new title is not part of the <laughs> WWE World Title lineage. It is its you own know, thing. You know what? I, I I would have popped at. So you saw the graphic of Roman with the paper sign that said a thousand on it on his on yeah. his Twitter. So obviously that originally it's the Wilt Chamberlain. He scored a hundred points. He held the hundred on the yeah. paper, and everyone has done their version of that. I wanted Seth uh, on Sunday to take a picture of himself with one. <laughs> That's what I, I was. <laughs> I wanted to see that, but he didn't. He didn't do that. Hysterical. Uh, so okay, let, let's get to the main event now. Yeah, all the things that I said that I didn't like about Cody and Brock, pushed those things aside because. I will take a bullet for the Uso brothers. That's so how good, into huh? these dudes that I am. So good. I am so much a fan of these guys. Jimmy with the super kick on Roman, which kind of comes out of nowhere. And you're like, oh my God. And then he just does it again just to show everyone like, you know, we're done. This is our, or I'm done. And then him having to sell his brother on the idea that this is for the betterment, like I'm doing this for you. And Jay is like, 
we're better than this. We can't do the infighting thing. Like that's not how we handle business. And then Roman's out of the ring and he's screaming for Roman and he calls him by his, his government name, calls him Joe. I thought that was just tremendous. And they walk out and KO and Sammy, you know, it took, I I was really worried because I I actually heard the result about the match before I saw it. And I was like, Oh no, Solo's going to eat the pin. And I watched it and I was like, okay, they hit this dude with everything. (laughs) So I guess it's okay for him to, to, you know, plus he, he he ate the double super kick from, from the twins as well, or from uh, the Jimmy as well, which was accidental. And so, uh, but yeah, oh man, I loved everything about it. I'm like so into the Usos right now. And this is just fascinating. Another little piece to this uh, storyline. Well, the best, I mean, to me, the, the, the really good piece of business that they did was, you know, the Usos come in from the crowd. They take out Kevin Owens. They're helping, you know, Roman is, is confused and he's like, he got his butt kicked. So he's on the floor. And the only thing Roman saw was the double super kick. Yep. on solo and you see him peeking from the side and you know what when WWE does that they don't do it too often they don't they're not able to tell this like blatant story too too well when it comes to stuff like this it kind of gets muddy and confusing I mean historically uh, they've done some great stuff but historically they, they don't tend to catch all of these elements happening it's live right you can't reshoot it you yep. can't if that camera doesn't catch Roman peeking up at the right time and looking at the Usos in the ring, you missed that whole spot and you got to retell the story tomorrow. They did an unbelievable... Oh, thank you very much. Oh, look at this. I got a little cocktail here. Very nice. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I, I like the cup. came in with the cocktail. Yeah. By the way, and I like the cup. cup. You know why? But you know why? why? Because we can't tell how much is in there. It could be oh, a it's very little, tiny little, bit. Yeah, oh, no. You See, but look you're supposed this. to sell that. It's like... Because like... Um, a big have giant goblet? Have you ever seen the reality show? Um, Actually, it's the Netflix series of reality shows. So because they're shooting scenes of this reality show all day long, they have the the cups like that for the cocktails because they don't want the continuity of how much drink is in the cup to get spoiled. So everything looks like that. Yeah, exactly. So it's a work. You got to hide it. You can't show people how much is in your cup. So I, um, you know, they, they just told such a great story there and it really brought you, brought you into the moment. I listen, I'm not, I'm not surprised anymore. This whole storyline has been great. Um, we had Nick Houseman on observe alive and we were just talking about this and I couldn't come up. When is the last time WWE has consistently told a long-term story th- that for this long, that has been this good. I can't yeah, remember. You- so I'm, I'm sure there are much more recent examples of this. But to me, the best story, the two best stories they ever told were Paul Orndorff turning on Hulk Hogan and the mega powers and the explosion. Right. But yeah. after that, like, you know, if you think about the longevity and stuff that really mattered, um, you know, there's Brett and Sean stuff, which kind of would get interrupted and then they'd go back to it. And then obviously the fallout is, is pretty explosive. So that kind of ends before they get to the natural uh, point of that. But um, Austin McMahon is the longest running one, right? Because it just kept going over and over and they would reinvent ways to get back to it. So you'd probably have to go back to Austin and and McMahon years. And that's a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's very over 20 years, 20, 23 years ago, 24, 25 years ago. Unbelievable. Yeah. But yeah. I, I thought they did a great job with telling that story. Um, you know, this Roman was a guy that was getting the John Cena treatment. The booze and the yas were mixed. It was more booze at one point than yas or yays. Yeah. Ooh, uh, yeah. They've, they've rehabbed them. I mean, tremendously. And this guy now became one of the, you know, uh, there are moments that you think you're like, why is Vince shoving this guy down our throats? Right. This is why. If all those people that said they're sick of Roman Reigns, they're sick of him, they don't want him on TV anymore, they're tired of seeing him, uh, the dude is a blockbuster. He's yep. draw, he, I mean, he's really the reason for the boom period for WWE. There's no other... I mean, that is the sole reason. That's I pick my kid up from school every Tuesday because I'm home. Every one of those kids leaving school, they're talking about wrestling now. This was not a thing. This was not a thing a year ago. It was not happening. And yes, a year ago, things were heating up. We are at whatever this is we're in. We're at the peak right now for as far as, you know, growth has been. Uh, could it get bigger? Absolutely. Could it, could it decline tomorrow? Sure. But this really is a peak that we've hit in wrestling and we haven't been here in a while. And I'm not talking about ratings, right? I'm not talking about the viewership. I'm not talking about the ratings. Obviously, we've seen that grow for WWE. But the attendance records, they have a show in Canada. Uh, I think in August, here we go. WrestleTix just sent this out. Uh, August 18th, you got a long way to go. They're at, uh, they're in Toronto. 13,000 tickets. Gone. Is that for a TV taping? SmackDown. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Oh, another thing. The Garden sold out almost. They're coming to the Garden July 7th, I think. Do you remember when we were... When, when, when did we start doing the show? I think when we had just started doing the show, they ran a show with the garden and they're like, oof, are they going to even go near 8,000 people? They weren't moving tickets at all. It was rough. And this was even during the Roman period. You know, the business is getting busy for them. And, and you know, watching this weekend, I, I will say if there was ever a great example, and I want to know how you feel because you, you watched the show, right? And mm -hmm. then you went to AEW. Mm hmm. I, these two products are so opposite of each other where I don't even view them in the same space anymore. I'm, and I'm not talking about, you know, one is so much bigger than the other one. It has become a very different presentation with WWE's doing. Mm -hmm. And what AEW's doing, which I like a little bit better than a big field WWE presentation, right? I don't, I, I like what AEW does. I'm not, I'm not knocking them, but they are totally different products. There's no yes. comparison anymore. I, no, I mean, I, and they kind of have to be right? very differently too. If in order be, for yeah, AEW to separate yeah. themselves, they have to be. They Which, have. To I be hope different. they continue they separating themselves because that's WWE. the trap. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the trap that you Absolutely. fall into. You see the success of WWE. Look what happened to TNA, right? I mean, TNA was doomed from the beginning. It was never going to work. It was never, ever, ever going to work because they didn't have, you know, the money. They didn't have the network clearance. Uh, they had the talent, but it was just it. It, it wouldn't have worked. Uh, different time, different era. But, uh, you know, the separation is a positive. But WWE is not, I don't view it as my wrestling that I grew up on. I, at all. So, I, I'm able to separate the two. I thought they did a fantastic job. Uh, big, big feel. Uh, Raw last night was okay. It was a fine Raw. Uh, it's not my favorite show to watch. I, just Monday didn't, night I, didn't, I didn't understand the but, reason for the AJ thing and the Seth thing. It just like, just out of nowhere. It was almost like... 
Well, be- so, something we had that we were going to do didn't happen, so now we're just going to throw this together. Like it didn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, there were no stipulate. Like I- there were no stips in that match either. So I don't know why I was supposed to care. Yeah. No, I got it. I totally get it. Okay, I think we're ready. We're ready to okay. move on. Yeah. AW double or nothing. I will say I've been to, if I can sort of think about this. So you and I have been to all out together. Um, yes. I've been to two. I've been to two all outs. This was my second double or no, it was my third double or nothing. Cause I went to the original one in 2019 and then I went to the San Francisco show. Um, so what is that? Like six or five, five or six uh, live pay-per-views. This was the worst one as far as the, the live to. show that I've been to, but okay. that doesn't mean that it was bad. Um, I would say the the two, you know, I'm trying to think of which which I I liked least best between last year's All In and last year's Double or Nothing. But this is, you know, this is a little bit maybe not as as dynamic as, as some of their shows have been. And you and I have said, you know, my my favorite all time live event is. Uh, is all in twenty one or all out twenty one? All in twenty one, yeah, be- the best. That w- that was the and best live. I-, I would say for me, and I've been to a lot of great pay per views. Um, there's a couple reasons why I'm saying this. Okay, that that is the best show that I've ever been to. Um, it was the most fun I've had. My wife came, which she wouldn't. She's only gone to Evolve before this. Okay, <laughs> that, this go. was her. This that was her first real big time wrestling show. We we never went to wrestling. She went. To, we went to a bunch of evolves that we would get loaded at the bar, <laughs> and just with like a bunch of Modellos just sitting at the bar at at Laboom, this Latin nightclub on on Northern Boulevard here in Queens. A totally different experience, right? It's a it's a very different experience. She loved it, and she's like, "Oh, I get it now. I get why you like this." And I was yeah. like, "There you go." So for me, that is the best show. That's uh, a great show I for someone... her to go to, though. By the way, she shouldn't yeah. go to another and this is wrestling someone that's show lived ever with again. wrestling. Well, she should she just said. be like, like that's I? it. Never need to go ever again. Well, we went um, to that Garden House show and, you know, it was fun. And she's like, oh, yeah, that show was a lot better. I'm like, well, because it's a pay-per-view and it was AEW. Yeah. It's a little different. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a house show. But uh, she was like kind of jaded. You know, she's like, is this what wrestling's really like? Yeah. Um, so you being in that building, you felt even. Did you watch it when you got back? No, I've, I've not okay. re purchased it uh on i'd love i'd love to get your See, this, this, is, this is why if we could get if we could get this stuff on on, on max or something then i could have gone back and rewatched it but i'm not gonna spend another 50 bucks to watch it after all the money we spent yeah. on tickets for this show yeah. um so okay so i will say that there there was uh, I, I was seeing some negativity about the, the vegas crowd and i think that's just an excuse because Vegas is a heavy flying audience, right? So you're so this is not Chicago where they may cheer everything because they're just that loyal fan base that that loves AEW. This is going to be a little bit of a harder. Vegas is harder, you know. Yeah. Vegas is not about you know non elite events. Like there's a lot to st- lot of stuff to do in Vegas. A lot of stuff going on every night, especially on uh, that evening and so you really do have to put something out there that the fans are going to embrace and want they they want to cheer but it's going to be a little bit of a harder audience to please and so uh that 
I would say the beginning of the show with that battle royal, they were on fire for that that match. Then I think what kind of brought the crowd down was Jericho and Adam Cole. And some will say, yeah, you know, they had to follow that hot battle royal. But to me, I'm like, the hot battle royal with all the not stars, like, like you know, you had Orange Cassidy and you had Swerve at the end and Big Bill was over. But it's not like, you know, it's not like you had these giant stars in that battle royal. So Jericho and Cole following, you know, was going to be hard. They just had a bad match. Now, let me ask you, the crowd in the building, right? Was it hot in the building? Up and down. Or would you say, or would you say this was the least hot of the pay-per-views you've gone to? I would, I, I have a hard time, like, in place and time, I can think about that. And maybe if I go back through some of the shows that you and I have done, then I'll have to go back and say, oh, what did I say about that show? But there were moments of flatness on this yeah. show. But when I was in San Francisco, I felt a little bit of that, especially at the Cow Palace. Now, the Cow Palace, I went to see Dynamite and Rampage, and there was flatness in, in both of those shows. Rampage, I don't, you know, Rampage, like people were trying to cheer just so it felt like they were watching a show that was important uh, and, and not at all. That show was that that's the one of the worst yeah. shows I've ever been to, by the way. So on TV, I will tell you that uh, and, and talking to people that were in the building, I mean, uh, tons of my friends were in the building. Uh, it seems to have come across worse on TV than it was in the building. It was makes hot. a lot of sense. The last two matches were hot as hell. Yeah. But oh no, were, no. Forget. I'm not. I'm not going to the list on their hands. Yeah. There, there yeah. were people. There were moments of people sitting on their hands. Jericho and Cole. I thought Jericho would be a little bit smarter at this because it was kind of a fight more than it was a wrestling match, and they did that MMA stoppage. And I don't know if they really knew how to do it correctly because it came off kind of bad. Like I've seen that, but it was done. an unsanctioned match. Why is there a stoppage in an unsanctioned match? I don't know what the rules are there, but what I, you know, what I, <laughs> I wanted don't think to they see? do either. Because I've we've seen that stoppage be explosive. It was yeah. the, you know, you know that 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 sometimes when you when you when you have a guy in the corner and you get on that second turnbuckle and you throw punches and the crowd starts counting to ten, like that was the physicalness of Adam Cole's punches to to Jericho and he even hit him in the face a couple times it looked like yeah but like there was yeah. no fire like there was no hate in his eyes in those punches and then when Aubrey or whoever the ref was waves him off. He just gets off. And I'm like, wait, this is the dude who you were saying is the most evil person for having you watch your your girlfriend get bashed with the kendo stick. And the referee waves off the match and you're done with this guy. You're just, okay, I'm done. Match is over. I wanted to see him just continue. I wanted to see security have to pull this man off of Jericho. And that's what was missing in that match. For it being this blood feud and this, you know, extreme uh uh, grudge match. They they wrestled it like it was, and maybe it's because they're like, eh, they put a second. <laughs> like we're not gonna, we can't really give everything. And plus, you had to save so much for anarchy in the arena. They probably held back a lot too. But nah, nah, not 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 good, not very good at all. Um, and you know what? The other match that was so frustrating, and I really wish they would have thought this out a little bit better. But the Jamie Hader and Tony Storm thing. Man, like, my, you know, okay, so again, my wife never watched wrestling. She's just sort of watching for optics of things, Andrew's favorite word. And so 
after that Jamie Hayter Tony Storm match, she goes, huh, they don't really care about the women's stuff as much as they care about the men, huh? I was like, well, I could see how you could come to that conclusion after what we just saw, which was something that should have been really important because it's the women's title and that it was booked like it was not very important at all. I was really frustrated with that match. It seems like they they scrambled to fin- figure out what they were doing with that. Um, but why? I, you ha- you've known know. haters been hurt for weeks. I don't know. Maybe that was the best. That was the best business they could have done. I, I, but you see, like these are the issues, right? When you're looking at a card like this, uh, I, I think some of it comes from a place that the bar is set so high for AEW pay per views three, four years in. You know, I, I, it really has not. I, I didn't. You know, let me let me start off before I go into my rant. I, was it a bad show? No, it wasn't a bad show. It just wasn't as good as everything else. And I think for a major show like this, um, you know, it was kind of flat for a lot of things. Uh, The Four Pillars match was fantastic. Uh, The match itself, and we said this on the show, the match itself is going to be great, but I I just felt that the lead up was not great. Uh, The main horrible, actually, to me. Now, uh, for the main event, did it bother? Did it affect the crowd that they weren't in the ring the entire time? Uh, so because how it was started it so late. So like, I saw it, it explained. So I, I I don't want to attribute this quote to the wrong person, so I'm not going to say who it was. But they said something to the effect of, you know, because the match is going all over the building. It was almost like you were in the front row if they came to where you were because you got to see it like so okay. so close. I thought the crowd reacted really well to this match. I thought this was the match that they wanted to see. This was the match that they were waiting for. But at the same time, it wasn't the giant draw that some of these other matches have been in the past. And some of it may have been that, oh, we saw that once. So is it going to be the same? And it was, you know, they had to be creative with other things, but it was generally the same thing. Like when you're there live, you pretty much have to watch the big screen and your head just goes big screen somewhere where something else is going. You just had to go like this the whole time because nothing is in front of you. So it's hard to watch live, but the crowd was into it. I think they, they really enjoyed it. It was a spectacle. I can't say whether or not it was the greatest match in the world because, I, I, I mean, I'm watching so few of what's going on and looking at the big screen and, you know, there's no quad box on the big screen yeah, like yeah, if yeah. you were trying to watch, you know, your picture in picture at home or something. So, um, it would, but the crowd really loved it and, you know, they love, they love all of those guys. The uh, BCC are quasi baby faces as it is like i don't think anybody really hates them um the, the Takeshita thing coming at the end was a, a nice surprise and uh but you know this is you this is your segment here this is your the vitriol <laughs> for your distaste for this kind of I, match can come out now explain to the audience why you hate these style of matches and why this pay-per-view ended with a sour note for you um, I, 
I'm not going to be as mean as I was in the text messages, Scare, because I did rewatch it. Okay. Because okay. I, I, I was so, I, I didn't like the show so much that I thought maybe I was just in a bad mood when I watched it. Okay. This wasn't the time for me to watch. I was in a great mood. I had a great day and then I watched the show and I was maybe tired. I don't know. But I rewatched it again the following day. And yeah, obviously, you know, it's less emotion. I get to watch it a little bit more. But my problem was listen, you, you, you married your top guys in the company into one match mm -hmm. and you're going to do it again. Blood and guts is coming up, right? You're going to do it yep. again. Uh, most likely in Boston. I, I possibly, I think so. Right. I With, think that's what people I are think thinking. so. Uh, uh, you know, I would have, I would have much rather have seen uh, a bunch of singles matches with these guys since they're in a feud together. And then that you could you could bring in you know Hangman to team up with them later. I, I know that they're trying to do a lot. I, it, it could also be injuries. It could be that you know maybe they don't want to have Danielson doing these crazy singles matches right now, and they're using them sparingly. Same thing with uh, Omega. But I felt that the entire card was just tag matches. It was it all stipulation matches. Oh, everything had a gimmick. It, it, there it, were two one-on-one -on -one matches. And guess what those two one-on-one -on -one matches were? Which one was a ladder match? To, to my well, okay, but that was still a stipulation, right? Okay, the only one-on-one uh, -on -one uh, matches without the women's matches. The, the women's matches. matches. That leads to my wife's yeah. point about how they're treating these matches as secondary compared to everything else. Now, I was actually yeah. kind of excited yeah, I because I was happy to see actual singles matches. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they turned out to be not great. Yeah, I I didn't feel like, you know, there are lulls in the show for sure. First of all, that Battle Royal, probably one of the best Battle Royals I've seen in the modern era, right? I really uh, they haven't. I, battle Royals are really difficult to get over like that. And including, who was there a top, top guy in that Battle Royal? No. Orange. There's Orange. Orange, but he he's making his name based on, you know, his ability and what he's doing. I, I but there was no you know Jay White to say I mean Jay, Jay White's White not was there, there in yeah. AEW yet but he's probably the next guy. But these are like the next guys, right? They're coming up. I think for like like the mid card and upper mid card, you know, you you told a nice story there. Uh, Big Bill stood out for me, and I keep looking at this guy, and I'm like, listen, I know that there's bias against him, right? He's a WWE guy, he's a big jacked up dude. How is he not in a main position, right? In some capacity. I wonder that, you know, well, how come he's not feuding with some guys, you know, in a singles position and you kind of build him as your big jacked up dude, him and Warlock could do something, you know, put these big guys together. I, I, I didn't dislike the show. I just didn't love it. And there were a lot of issues for me. Like, I'm not crazy about the hardcore stuff. It, I've never been crazy about it. Weird considering I was such a big ECW fan growing up. Right. Yep. Um, I, I think it's too much sometimes. I, I think the, the main event was insane. Um, you know, it's very much veered into a different direction than the than two years ago in this company or three years ago in this company. And I get it. You got to evolve. You got to change. It just didn't do it for me. Uh, that main event, I, I could recognize it was a lot of fun and it was a really good match. It's just not the match I like to see. Not, not, not my cup of tea either. I, I'm not a fan of the hardcore stuff. I'm not a fan of... Uh, the GCW style, um, you know, which is funny because, you know, the person who I at least know the best in AEW is Moxley, and he he's 
you know, 100 percent dialed Listen, into he's that incredible. Stuff. And Mox is incredible. And I and I'm not talking about talent and I'm not talking about abilities. I'm just saying the continuity of the show was wacky to me. Um, sure. I get it. I, I, I just I, I didn't love it. And I get that, you know, a lot of stuff is moving, a lot of moving parts. I'm I'm willing to bet that the split is going to help with this. For sure now. There was a lot of people worried that the split, you know, why are you splitting the roster or why are you going to do a soft split? Um, I think it's needed because when you look at their TV show, everybody's coming out in a crew. And the reason for that is to get these guys on TV so they're recognizable, right? Mm -hmm. You need to sell merch. You need to sell products. You got to sell that video game. You need to get the brand of the, of the individual out there for the audience. So everybody's in a stable and everybody comes out together. Um, and you kind of get lost. Like, you know who got lost for me? Claudio in that whole match. Claudio, like, I, I he was totally lost for me between mm -hmm. everything that was going on. And that's not a good thing for me. I mean, in my opinion, that's not a good thing. You yeah. know, he should be highlighted in singles matches regular. I know he does it in Ring of Honor, but now with this split, I, I you know, I expect to see some of these guys split off a little bit. Uh, once this program is done and start doing some singles matches and start building their product, you know, whatever they're doing on their own. I, I get like the rub for Wheeler, but is it helping them? Well, I mean, I think that's tags? set up. I think that's just set up. So, you know, they can build to Omega beating Yuta in a really good match down the line. I think that's why they sure. do that. Uh, I, and, and I get why they're setting things up, and I see it. And, you know, this could possibly mean something with Okada. It could possibly mean uh, Ibushi, whatever they're going to do. Takeshita, I mean, I want to see that match, that singles match for sure with him and Omega. But I, I feel like this was a, oh, crap, we got all this other stuff we got to do. Let's just, let's just do all this and get it over with. That's how I saw but, the show. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this. This show seemed like it was overshadowed by what is to come. Um, I still enjoyed myself. You know, the F4W convention was amazing. Just seeing all my old friends again and meeting some new folks this time. Uh, it just, you know, just, it's just always so fun to be in a crowd of people who like the same thing that you like, right? And you're sort of celebrating the, the stuff together. So that was awesome. But yeah, the, you know, the show wasn't my favorite show. Even I know a lot of people like the four way. I thought it was from an, a move standpoint, from an athleticism standpoint, from a timing standpoint, it was awesome, but it still felt to me like there was one rock star in that match and three guys who were a, a step or two uh, underneath him. So they did that, you know, they, they tried, but I don't think it, it worked very well. Last thing, two more, two more quick things. And we'll, we'll talk about punk before we get out of here. Yeah. My, one of my favorite matches. And, and I say that loosely because it was more just, I enjoyed what they did psychologically was the Jeff Jarrett and Jay lethal match against FTR. And that was the shortcuttiest of shortcut matches you can ever see with yeah. the cheap heat that they were able to get. But, and I'm, I'm not even being dismissive of it. I liked it because it was so different from everything else in that it was booked old school FTR. We knew FTR was going to win, but you had to give us this small shadow of a doubt that they could possibly get screwed in only the way that Jeff Jarrett will screw people, 
right? With the guitar. And so you, there's this buildup and you're like, this, this Jeff Jarrett better not do this again. We don't want it, TNA all over. And then they lose. I like that because it just stood out as a little, you know, I talked, we talk about this. AEW is like a cornucopia of professional wrestling. That was for me a little bit, right? That match the land was, of misfits. was for me. <laughs> um, and, and so I, I liked it because it was just so so different. The booking was different and the influence was different. And that and that's really Tony's, um, you know, one of Tony's main jobs is, is you have, you know, Mox wants his stuff and the Young Bucks like this stuff. And you got the Lucha Bros and all the Luchadors. And then you have like Sammy and Darby and Jack and, and they're over here. And so you got this giant stew, and Tony's got to make sure he adds the right spices to make sure, you mentioned, the continuity exists. And that is a hard job. And I explained it to my wife because we were talking. I was, you know, I, was, I was basically explaining to her a lot of the things that were happening so that she could follow. And I said, you know, Tony Khan has a really hard job because Vince McMahon, for years and years and years, educated the fan base on a specific type of wrestling. This is what we're going to do, and the fans are going to love it. We're going to educate them to love what we do, and thus we become the uh, you know the Xerox of, of professional wrestling. And so for Tony, in order for him to be different, he has to be so much different from WWE. And so one of the ways, and I, I'm, I think this is probably the best way, is you grab all of these non-WWE styles of wrestling and you put them together on your one show. And like I said, you got the luchadors, you got the strong style, you got the hardcore. When Brian Danielson wrestles Zack Sabre Jr., you're going to have that technical grappling. You're going to have this gumbo, and it's Tony's job to really, you know, with the continuity, put them in the right spots and make sure that you know everything sort of fits into one brand. And that's a harder job uh, than what WWE's job is right now, which is we're going to put our best foot our best foot forward with a style of product that we know our fans embrace and we just have to make sure that the storylines are good, the wrestling is good and we're solid. Um, AEW's job is much harder. So uh, I commend Tony for it though because you have to be different and you have to find people who are turned off from WWE and bring them in and say, hey, this is for you. Give us a shot. And so I like that aspect of it. I like, you know, starter companies and stuff and, and kind of creating your own thing. So uh, I commend it for it, but it's hard. And this this pay-per-view wasn't their their best effort in 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 my opinion. You're going to have it's going to happen, right? It's going to happen. It, it, it's impossible to put on uh you know a home run every single show yeah you know absolutely. it's it's gonna be difficult so and, and you know for a bad show you know if we're gonna say this is bad it was pretty freaking good for a bad Look. show it's just <laughs> i want them to get past i want them to get past double or nothing and i kind of felt that last year too that we needed to get past double or nothing for everything else to happen no yeah. it was forbidden door we had to get past right, forbidden right, 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 door right. for everything to happen you know, Forbidden Door's coming up. Uh, I'm looking forward to those matches. You know that that's going to be a dream match opportunity. And then we have the stadium show, which is uh, they have a chance here to do something unbelievable. Uh, whether or not it, pull, it gets pulled off the way the way that they want to, you know, we'll find that out. But, you know, 65,000 uh, to, to, to England? No, I'm not, yep. unfortunately. <laughs> no, unfortunately, okay. I'm not. I'm not. Okay, we, we have to set... We have to set 
our schedules up a little better next year because we're going to, okay. I don't care what show it is. We're talking 2023. It could be a WWE show. It could be an AEW show. It could be an independent show, but you and I, we have to make a oh, pact yeah. on air right now. Yes. Mega powers handshake. We need to be together one of those. in one of these one of, uh, one of these shows together. Dude, yeah. Do, uh, uh, you know, I was actually talking to Jess about Chicago. Do a little I was talking to Jess about Chicago. I don't know if you're going to go to Chicago, but I was kind of like, hey, you know, I wouldn't mind going to Chicago for, you know, all in. You know, I wouldn't mind doing it. That's an easy flight. Two hours, bam, boom, done. I yeah. could come back the same night. I could get on a red eye and come back. Yeah. A little actually, bit harder for me. That show will go till... That's all yeah, exactly. Midnight, so I can't. The last <laughs> flight is gone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, the, the, the you know the the whole thing, the whole weekend. Dude, Tony blast. should run a show in New York. We need a pay per view here. Put a pay per view in New York. Should go MSG, baby. Go big or go home. Can they can they get yeah. in there? Where MSG? No, but yeah. you know what? You could run. You could run the <laughs> UBS Arena and put eleven thousand people in there. Yeah. You know. Okay, so speaking of post double or nothing, now that we're past it, uh, CM Punk, you've been on this story since day one, pretty much. Collision, they announced Collision. Uh, they announced that first Collision is going to be at the United Center. So they got two shows in Chicago that week: a, a Dynamite and then a live Collision taping. Tony still has not said anything about one CM Punk. I don't remember. I don't. I wasn't at the. Uh, the post uh, press conference. I don't know if anybody asked him specifically about punk or if they just figured that he wasn't going to say anything. So they're not even going to try. Um, but now, you know, we turn the page and that's the next big show. And then after that, like yeah. you said, is, uh, is the forbidden door show. So all steam ahead for collision. What are your thoughts on it? Since, uh, since we last talked and since Tony finally made the announcement that everything with CM punk is, Supposedly all good now. So they have about uh, over 6,800 tickets sold right now for it or, or distributed for it. Mm -hmm. Let me just see. I got the number here. Um, we got the number. Oh, here we go. Uh, actually, no. Uh, yeah, 6,800 uh, total distributed. They added 313 tickets. So I guess uh, it, it, it they moved some tickets here after. You know, I, I this has to go in at least 10, 11,000 people for that building. Uh, it, they release these tickets on the worst week ever. You know, people are already traveling. People already have bought their tickets for this pay-per-view. A lot, of, you know, obviously a lot of AW people travel, especially when it's a big show like this. Um, I think we're going to see it going up more and more. We'll get about 9,000 at least, bare minimum. Uh, but they got to start alluding to Punk in certain ways. I don't know whether or not he shows up and maybe he doesn't show up. I shouldn't say he show up, but he, they should start hinting that it's gonna he's gonna be there to kind of push more ticket sales. You know, obviously he's not gonna sell sixteen thousand tickets here. We see we see the slowdown, but you know they'll have a great reaction. But what do you do once he shows up? Is he a babyface? Is he a heel? I mean, the story is that he's gonna feud with Joe, which I've seen I've seen I've seen the images for that. So is Garrett. Yes. <laughs> so. Uh, we saw them you know, before you, whatever that leak was that happened. I want to know who the hell leaked it. And I know you know how I know it didn't have anything to do with you? Because you did not send me anything. You just turned your computer around and said, look at this. Mm -hmm. 
I was sworn. I, knew. I was sworn to secrecy. I took a blood oath. <laughs> Warner WBD. This big van showed up with, a, with an old school Turner logo. They shoved me in there and they. I took a blood oath with them. I can't ever break it. I'll be haunted for the rest of my life. The ghosts of the ghosts of all the failed shows that they've ever had on Turner. Dinner, uh, dinner and a movie. The, the ghosts of dinner and a movie will haunt me forever. Um, yes. I they got a great opportunity here. You know, uh, this is this could be a shot in the arm that they need to kind of get the ball rolling. We all know what the answer here is for the biggest match that they could ever do in that company's history as of today, and that is CM Punk versus all of them. Whether you do a, a three-on-three or you do something else, uh, you have that ability if these people could just figure it the F out and just suck it up and do business. You know, sometimes the emotions are too much and you never could do it. I get that, you know? I don't want to get hit in the face with a chair and then look at you and say, hey, I want to be friends with you. Yeah, exactly. But you throw enough money at me, I'm going to say do it again. <laughs> you know? So, I don't know. Can I, I, can I, think, I put I my think, hands yeah. up and protect my face from the chair shot? Sure. Just make it yeah, look sure. like it hit me in the head. That's sure. what I do. But, you know, they, uh, they have an opportunity here. And I don't think we're going to get it tomorrow. And I don't think we're going to get it next week. But eventually, you know, you have... I mean, Dave said you got six months to figure this out because contracts are running out. Yeah. He was so, also mum mum on what the deal is with their TV contracts as it is today. Uh, for for collision, well, I, I can't. Mum is the wrong word. He did sort of try and explain that their the length of their deal hasn't changed, but the, the way yes. that he explained it, I was like, but wait, like what he's explaining is past when at least we know that the the deal was supposedly going to end so i i, I was kind of confused based on well what on saying. on observer on observer radio he 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 said that it's possible that they have taken the extension on the deal based so because because wbd had the option right has an option for for a one-year yeah. extension yeah but Which, with, you know, the, with a nice raise sense. hopefully with a nice raise they would have to get a nice raise and hopefully. they would have to get they would have to be paid for the show because I, the show's going to cost like 30 million dollars yeah so hopefully double that at least, so maybe double that. Yeah. Did, did you see WWE use the uh, the the rumor story? They're trying to put the they're trying to put the fake on the judge there. Yeah, they're trying to work the judge into. Uh, <laughs> that's listen. I I was like, thank God it's not me saying that 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 deal is done. <laughs> yeah, you know? but I, I think they're working on it. They're negotiating on it. There's a couple other hurdles here, and, and I think streaming is a great example of this. You know, Tony still doesn't have the answer, or or maybe he doesn't. He doesn't want to tell us as far as where the hell the show is airing all out, all in, yeah, all out, all out, all in, all in. There you go. Sorry, all Keep in. Mixing them. Uh, they're gonna have to change these names. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it's like WWE. I know. It's like the WrestleMania backlash. You know, exactly. Uh, I yeah, I don't know. You don't need the all out branding anymore, yeah. do you? What 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 I think was now that the you got all in? What was the fifth pay-per-view when Tony was 13 and booking cards? We need to get whatever that name was. That, oh, uh, man. It has to be something down, really yeah. cool. Oh, he's the same age. We're the same age. So it would have to be something like Annihilation or like you know, exactly. something, uh, <laughs> something insane. What's you know, uh, Doomsday? AEW yeah. Doomsday. Something you know what? Like That's a great Mortal Kombat. That's a great name. That's a great name. Doomsday? AEW Doomsday, yeah, I like Doomsday should be the pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah. And you... Like and you... Tr- I did like how the super kick had the pyro. Yeah. Okay. 
and the fireworks more Jordans pyro- you saw? It had the firework Jordans. <laughs> it looked more impressive than the death match. <laughs> <laughs> One foot had more pyro than that entire ring did in that death match. Yes, it did. It, it definitely did. You know did. what? Tony made up for it. Kudos to Tony. He made up for it. He said the next that, time we do this, it's going to be bigger and we're not going to make a mistake. They did it. That should be the opening chapter of uh, Mox's second book. Because I think the opening chapter of his first book was it's, him him having to deal with that and, and the explosion not happening and stuff. So that should be the chapter in the next book because he says... You know, and then and then uh, you know they do the super kick, and there's more pyro than there's more explosion than in in, in the death match. So that's a good one. Well, we'll I'll send it. Listen, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a little piece of advice here. Okay, my marketing brain is kicked in. Okay, okay I'm a go. I'm a marketer. If they don't capitalize watch out. on that they may, kick, they may try to hire you. They may try to hire me. They may. They're watching. They're watching. I'm expensive though, dude. I'm I'm too expensive. <laughs> I'm too expensive. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give them the best piece of business, okay? okay? On Wednesday, you know, we got friends there. Will Washington, he's my yeah. boy. We hang yeah. out. We hung out. Yeah. We spoke about Mariah Carey. He spoke about Bone Thugs in Harmony. We had a great time in Vegas last year. Hell yeah. He Tony was on our show. Get, he was on our show. I know. Him and I have the... Uh, I'll, I'll tell you off the air, but him and I got... We started our careers with the same exact influence, and it's oh, I know. wild. We came off I know. The, the, story, the parallels. Crazy parallels. Such a parallel. Maybe I'll end up there. Maybe I'll start booking the show, too. Yeah. If they don't have a replay of that kick with a Lugs boot of the week, <laughs> they totally drop the freaking ball, okay? <laughs> they've done the NBA theme, right? They've done the NBA mm-hmm. on NBC. They, mm-hmm. they, they, I believe they also have the NBA on, T, on TNT music, the old school one. Mm-hmm. The Lugs boot of the week would be absolutely perfect <laughs> for, that, for that commercial. Fantastic idea. They, I would have contact them tomorrow. Uh, listen, if Tony wants, I'll email them today and be like, hey, you want to you do this again? Yeah, you should. Definitely should. All right, last question before we get out of here. Does Tony Khan mention the name CM Punk before collision? Oh, man. You want to take a bet? You want to do a bet? Yes, bet. Let's do, let's do a bet. Let's do, let's do a $1 bet here on the show. I'm going to say yes. He gets mentioned, okay. but in a very weird no. way. Not like, hey, CM Punk's on the show. I don't, I don't think we get that, but I think they do mention CM Punk and allude to Chicago. Okay. We have a bet. I was, I was going to say... You don't think he will? No, I don't think he will. Okay. I, I was going to say... I mean, I think he should, but I don't think he will. Um, I think there will be allusions to it. I think there will be things that make you believe that he's going to be there, but I don't think he's going to say the the name CM Punk. Um, but yeah, so we have our bet. Someone will win. Someone will lose. And I'm, okay, you said a dollar. I was going to say a bottle of scotch, but dollar's fine with me too. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll uh, do a bottle of scotch. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, let's do that. That's even better. Make yeah. raise the stakes. Um, all right. So this was fun. Vegas was great. Um, I, I will be at the convention as long as, as long as they keep having the convention. We'll say, I, I hope double or nothing is back in Vegas next year. The, you know what, dude, I, light, think, light I, you know I didn't like the year. show. I think I had a little bit of FOMO. Yes. Yeah, right? I, I wasn't yeah. there. there. You there guys was, are there. there was a lot of such a blast. There. I wanted to see how big Dave's arms are this year. You know, oh. I measure it. Oh. I have my tape measure. I'm like, Dave, come here. And he puts, he wraps, I wrap it around his arms. I'm like, oh, good. You got, you got like a quarter of an inch. I took one picture of Dave and Brian and 
half of the replies are about Dave's arms. It's like, it's unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before Lance gets mad at us, we'll get out of here. We'll be back next week on We're Live, pal. So for Andrew Zarian, I'm Double G. See you when we see you. Peace out.